It all comes down to one game as the Columbus crew will play host to the Portland Timbers in the MLS Cup Final on Sunday. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, Ivis Galarsep, who is in Columbus enjoying the festivities. Ivis, how is everything going out there? It's going pretty well, Garrett. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I, I'm enjoying the festivities just yet because we've been busy running around doing interviews, writing stories, doing all the grunt work. But uh, it sounds like fun, though. You know, you're, it, it's, you're it's fun. It's fun, but it's not. It's not. No, the parties are in on the weekend. Let, let's just get that clear. Uh, when everyone gets into town and it's a good time, and you can get to, you know everyone gets to hang out. That's when the real fun <laughs> starts, you know. But it's been a lot of work this week. We got here early. We got here bright and early Wednesday morning. Uh, long yeah, drive over I from Jersey. Like, I heard it was like a 15-hour drive for you. It was not. It was like nine. It was like nine hours. We split it up. We had Team SBI caravan. Uh, myself, Franco Panizo, and Ryan Tolmich are all here. Uh, we also have Cole Kellogg. Uh, we, we brought up our, our youngster. Who lives who lives a few hours away? So we're, we're fully stocked here. The Gold.com team is here as well. We have uh, myself, Seth Vertelny, and Thomas Floyd. So it's uh, wall-to-wall coverage here, as we usually expect for an MLS Cup final. Wait, let me get this straight. You brought up a, uh, a SBI writer from the reserve team. Interesting decision, <laughs> Ivis, for MLS Cup. That's a big responsibility here. I wouldn't say reserve team. He's just uh, it's just extra extra support. Extra, is he on the U twenty three team? Extra, he's an extra support. He's a homegrown player. He's a, he's <laughs> actually a homegrown. Yeah, we have his rights, but uh, but yeah, no, it should be fun. You know, it's good. It's well, I mean, last couple weeks always a good time. It's a little weird. It's always a little weird when it's not in L A. Because I feel like it, it's been in L A. Like eight of the fourteen times that I've I've been of the last thirteen I've been to I've been to four, this will be. This is my 14th straight MLS Cup, which is not the longest streak. Uh, that honor goes to uh, Michael Lewis, who's actually going to be attending his 20th. He's the only, the only reporter to to have covered all 20. Uh, you know that that's a pretty impressive run there. And uh, I got to say, I, looking back on it, I wish I could have gotten a few more uh, added to it uh, to my run because I could have actually made. I think I could have made a few more. Uh, you know, if I had a chance to go back into the time machine, I could have made the could have made the 01 final. Probably could have made the 2000 final. Could have had a nice little streak. But I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with my 14 in a row. Uh, and I tell you what, man, this game uh, for all the for the 13 that I've been to, mm-hmm. this game is I, I was feeling like I, 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 there's more anticipation. I think from the matchup standpoint. Now it's not a high profile game. It's not the superstars. It's not the Drogba's and, and, and Gerard's, Pirlo's, none of that. Yeah. But two good, very, very good teams mm-hmm. playing very well, that match up very well, that are very balanced, that don't have a lot of weaknesses, that are just just good teams. And, and I think it's, it's a really good showcase for w- what kind of team you can build within the structure of MLS. It doesn't have to be all superstars. It doesn't have to be spending millions on big names. You can build a very good team top to bottom mm-hmm. and have some depth if you do the right things. And I think this is these are two teams, Portland and Columbus, that have done a great job of building their teams. You're exactly right. I mean, Columbus, you've seen it the last two years when Greg Berhalter went in, took over. Uh, I mean, Portland, you, you, they've been slowly figuring it out. And, and, you know, this is the year, Ivis, where they finally figured it out for them. And as you can see in the description – uh, look, we have an awesome show. I mean, fact that we have Will Trap on the show and Fernando ID. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we got two awesome guests from both teams. It's, it's going to be good. 
Yeah, no, for sure. We have both sides covered uh, pretty good. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be able to get someone from the winning team after Sunday's final. Although that's probably pretty ambitious. We, we, we might want to wait to do a Monday show, Monday night show. And that way, once everyone's done partying and, and the, the dust is settled, we'll be able to maybe get somebody from the winning team. But uh, no, it's great. Say, we can't do a Sunday show because you, you usually go out with the winning team. You know, you, you <laughs> know, that, that's that, that's that's what TMZ reports every single time. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I never have uh, been at a winning party in my life, but uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, it's we'll be busy working, we'll be busy writing on Sunday on Sunday. So, but uh, yeah, no, two great guests and uh, two key two key players on in in, in the final. I mean, let's face it, yeah. Will Trapp's going to have a big role to play in the midfield for Columbus, and obviously Fernando Adi scored two goals against Columbus the last time these teams played, so he's going to be a a big figure in this game and it's very interesting how how similar these teams are and in, 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 in terms of the pieces that they have mm. not necessarily stylistically it's there's not quite the same but when you think about they both have the big striker they both have the the, the, the great fullbacks they both have strong midfields uh they both have uh, good center backs they they it's just very similar it's like almost mirror images so uh it's gonna make for a great game well, you just alluded to that game, talking about that the last time these two teams played against each other was excuse me, was on September 26th, so, so not too long ago. I mean, if you want to look at a result from April, I mean, a little too far, but I mean, look, September 26th, right around the corner, and one of our, I mean, our guest, Fernando Idea, I mean, he scored a brace against um, against the Columbus Crew, and look, and, and the thing, if you're Portland going into this game, you have to take some fact is one, Ivis, Portland's been so good on the road. And two, this is a game that they won in Columbus. I mean, Portland, for them going into this, I mean, they have to feel really good about this result and how they've been on the road. Well, I mean, I think they're feeling good in general. I mean, I think they're feeling very confident. What I think it needs to be said is this is a veteran team. This isn't a young team. This is a veteran team. When you look across the board, um, I mean, most of these guys have minimum four or five years' experience. I mean, there's not rookies in this game well, in the Portland 11 there's not even second year players I mean these are all guys who have years and years in so they're not going to be faced and, and it needs to be said that that game uh, obviously that game was a big game for Portland I mean I think that was part of the turn, turnaround for them because it really it was in that in that process where they started to figure some things out but to be fair to Columbus I mean we're talking about a final it's going to be a different atmosphere it's going to be a different crowd uh, it's just going to be that much more amped. Now, obviously, for Portland, it's, it's going to be different too because they're going to have Port- it's gonna be two thousand Timbers fans I was there. Say, so it's th- going to be a home game for the Portland Timbers. I don't, no, kid, don't kid yourself here. Not. Come on, give, listen, give the crew fans some respect. They're going to pack that stadium. I mean, it holds what nineteen, twenty thousand. It's going to be ten, may, maybe ten percent Red uh, the Timbers fans. Yes, but it's going to be ninety percent crew fans. And they're, I mean, they've never, they've never had a chance to, to. to uh, host the final. I mean, the, when the crew won the in 08, it was in sunny Los Angeles. I mean, I remember uh, Sonny Carson. Uh, but, it, <laughs> it, it, you know, it was far from Columbus. And I still remember the Columbus crew fans that day. Uh, they were out in force in California. And, I mean, they're, to have the chance to host the final, to have their team at home, I mean, I'm sure they're going to bring the noise. And it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a great atmosphere. 
Well, Ivis, for Portland, when you look at this game, the one thing that we've been talking about on the show the last couple of weeks is matchups. How do teams match up against each other? When you just look at Portland and how they've been playing, back line, playing lights out right now. But the thing, the one thing that you're going to want to pay attention to on Sunday is you know, how Darlington Nagby is going to be able to do against Will Trapp, how Fernando Adi is going to do. I, Ivis, what are the, you know, the crucial matchups for Portland and what do they need to do on Sunday against the crew? Well, I think as far as Portland goes, I think matchups for them that are key are uh, Jorge Villafania dealing with Ethan Finley. I think that's a big one. Yes. I think that's one of the big ones of, the, of, of this this game. And I can tell you, uh, as much as look, Ethan Finley is one of the best wingers, if not the best winger in the league this year, no questions about it. But but Villafania quietly has really evolved mm-hmm. into one of the best, if not the best, left back in the league. And if you think about the run of wingers that he's had to face – over the past month or two months, I mean, it, it's a it's a murderer's row of the league's best wingers that he's shut down. I mean, we're talking Jossie Zardis, Graham Zusi, Christian Tuchera, Michael Berrios. You got teams moving their their left wingers to the right to try to go at him. He's shutting them down. Fabian Castillo, he, he did well against. Yeah. So he's taken on all comers and and held his own. And now. He gets the ultimate test in a guy who's been the most the most informed winger in the league all year in Ethan Finley, and and that's going to be a great test. Uh, and and for me, if Finley can cause problems for Viafania, then then that's really good. I think can settle Portland. But the way Viafania has been playing, it's not a given that Finley's going to have his way. No, not at all. I mean, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, you just look at the series the Portland had against SC Dallas. I mean, Viafania lights out. I mean, you just watch that first leg of that game. He was one of the best players on the field for Portland. Um, also, same thing going for Darlington Nabby, obviously. I mean, they need to get him going. Um, I mean, when you look at him against Will Trapp here, I mean, does Darlington Nabby have the advantage with his speed and just kind of the way he's been playing right now? Well, I mean, to be fair, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be necessarily Trapp against Nabby. I think that's, that'd be a convenient storyline matchup just because you got the two Akron guys uh, and all that. But and, and, you know, these guys are friends. But I, I think it's more likely that... Nagby's going to see him a lot of Tony Chani. I, I think that's going to be the matchup. And and you know, talking to Killer Porter today, uh, he made that point that as much as everyone's going to talk about uh, Valeri Iguain against Trap and and, and Chara, uh, it's probably going to be the Chani versus Nagby matchup that could decide this game, especially with the way Nagby's been playing and the way both have been playing. Because look, you can argue they both were were up for man of the series in the last round. I mean, Chani was so pivotal. Uh, for in the crew uh, out playing and beating the Red Bulls at their own game and beating their midfield, and then and and Nagby really did what he wanted to do against FC Dallas. I mean, he he had a real, really strong game, a uh, strong series defensively and offensively. So, mm-hmm. I think that matchup for for both teams is is going to be very important. Big question, Ivis Lucas Milano. Does he get significant playing time in this match? I think he's coming off the bench. I don't, I don't think I don't think Porter's going to de- deviate. Uh, from his, his his more recent lineup, I think Espria has really uh, brought brought a lot to the table for them. Uh, I think it, it, from what it sounds like, uh, uh, Liam Ridgewell was hell, is going to play. He's going to start, so it's going to pretty much be the same lineup uh, that we saw uh, in, in these recent games. Uh, I think Milano's a guy who will come off the bench. I mean, I know he did well off the bench against FC Dallas, and and, and maybe Porter will will see an opportunity there. But not, I, I think he's going to reward Espria for the way he's looked in the playoffs. Well, one forward that you know for sure will be starting in the game this weekend is uh, Fernando Idea. And Ivis, this is a guy that Portland is going to need. I mean, he's, they're going to need to get a goal from him. I mean, he's playing well in the playoffs, two goals, very strong year uh, in Major League Soccer this year. 
uh, for Portland, I mean, he's going to be a guy, I guess, that they that they need. I mean, he's going to have to deliver for them on Sunday. Oh, no question. It's going to it's going to come down to who finishes the chances. And I know that sounds like pretty simple, so, uh, simplistic way to look at it. But I, I think chances are going to come for both these teams. I don't I don't think I think both. The, if you're asking me how these I know both these coaches very well. I've known both these guys for a long time. And I think I, I don't think either of them is going to go into this game timid or go into this game uh, trotting their teams out in a defensive shape or in a defensive mindset. I think both of I think they're just going to both come cut. They're both going to come out uh, to really show off their soccer. And I think that's going to make for a wide open game. That's going to make for chances. And it's going to come down to who takes the chances better. And is and Kamara's going to have some chances. Adi's going to have some chances. So if Adi finishes his chances, the Timbers are going to have a very good chance of pulling off the, uh, pulling off the road win. Well, if you're a casual fan watching this game and you look at ID, I mean, you obviously see his size, but you know what does he do, Ivis, for the Portland Timbers when he's out there? I mean, you know, what type of player, you know, matchups will he cause against the Columbus Crew? Well, I just think with his size, he's a he's a matchup problem. He's, I mean, much like Kamara on the other end, he's a he knows how, he knows how to use his body. He knows how to hold the ball up. He knows how to lay it off for the runners off, that run off of him, and he can also make good runs. So if a guy like a, so if a Valeria or a Nagby spring him with a well timed pass uh, or, or have that vision, he makes the well timed run. He has the touch to collect the ball and finish. So. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, if you get if he if he catches you napping, he will punish you, and I think we we've seen that. So uh, that's the challenge that he presents. When you have a guy like Gaston Saro for Columbus, who's a physical guy, I think he can handle him physically. I think that's that that's a good matchup to watch. Michael Parkers is obviously more of a kind of a cerebral uh, defender, really good positioning. Uh, he could have some issues physically. So I think from from a matchup standpoint, I could see Saro really having more to do in terms of trying to deal with the hold up play of Adi. Uh, but Adi's a handful. There's no question about it. Well, speaking of uh, Fernando ID, we have him on the phone with us right now, the Portland Timbers forward. Fernando, how are you doing today? Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on your program. So, Fernando, first off, we have to talk about that game on Sunday. Uh, you obviously knew what you had to do. It's a tough place to play down in Frisco, but you guys were able to get the result. What do you think was the key to, to beating FC Dallas? Uh, the key was basically uh, playing our own kind of game. Um you know, we played them at home where we scored three goals and they got one, and that was a pretty intensive game. So we knew going into, our home, into their home was going to be even uh, more interesting. And it was a very tough game. It was a very high-intensity game, you know. And uh, we, we kept our cool. We played the ball well. We were disciplined. And uh, those factors just gave us uh, the victory with the, we desired. And, you know, uh, getting the first goal in the uh, in the second half was very huge for us. And, uh, of course, they came back, but uh, we were... Very composed, uh, with nice things, and of course uh, they had some good shots on target. But uh, the Pandas were able to cut things up, so it was a pretty good game. Now you guys look really poised, uh, particularly in the first half. You really controlled the game. Uh, what has been the difference with you guys the last couple of months on the road? You, you've, you guys become road warriors. Uh, I don't think you've lost on the road since like August. What's been the difference uh, with you guys when it comes to being on the road? Uh, I mean, uh, on the road, it's kind of different because um, you go in the game uh, knowing that you are in the home of another team and uh, what you have to do on the road is basically you play your cool, you know, you take it easy and you try to play your game according to plan uh, on as well as at home. You just push and try to get the first, first goal as soon as you can. But uh, on the road, you have to stay compact, try to play your game and uh, organize things uh, because you don't want to concede a goal. And, uh, you know, we keep things compact in the defense and the midfield and up front. And, uh, of course... Uh, we're lucky enough to get goals going in uh, 
in our way games. But yeah, um, basically the cool and uh, keeping up the ball helps us a lot. Uh, as, as far as the changes go, I know Caleb made some changes. Caleb Porter uh, made some changes to the ta tactics, to the formation. Uh, you have Donaldson Nagy playing uh, extremely well right now. What, what have you seen as far as his game, how it's changed, especially the last few months? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's uh, always done well for the team. Uh, he's always helped the team. But, uh, you know, uh, the formation probably has suited him more this time around because uh, – He's been shifted into the media, and I, I think, and from every, from all of us, what we see, uh, he prefers that media play uh, where he can run well on the pitch. So, I think uh, him joining Valerie in the media and Diego Chara has uh, really given the team a big boost. And uh, I can assure you that that's just what has made us look good, and uh, he's been playing really excellent. You know, Fernando, last year yeah. you, were, you were part of this team. You guys did not make the playoffs. Um, this year, you guys, you know, later on in the season, there, there was a time when you guys were struggling to possibly where you would not make the playoffs. I mean, what was the change for you guys this year um, that really kind of got you over that hump, which has now really kind of put you on that run that has now got you into the MLS Cup final? Um, I think basically it's a belief. You know, um, we were in a very tight position. Uh, we had three games to go, and uh, if we had two bad results, we would be out of the playoffs. So, um, and the first of those three games was against, um, yeah, so late, and, uh, when we went to that so late, we could just have a short, uh, conversation with the team, you know, he said, uh, everyone gotta believe in each other, you know, we gotta believe in ourselves as a team, you know, as a club, and, uh, things, great things are gonna happen. So, I think everyone realizes, uh, realizes that against, uh, so late, we went into the game, we did excellently well, and, uh, we came out victory. And, uh, from that moment, I think that's the game for the entire team, and the belief and the confidence just, uh, Rolls up, and uh, yeah, I think uh, from that game on, uh, the guys just had to believe in our know, We believe in ourselves, the coaches, and the, the club, and everything. And uh, I think that has given us a, a good motivation to believe. Now, Fernando, as far as you uh, specifically, uh, you've really turned it on uh, later in the year. Um, what, what's been the difference for you, you personally? Has it been the system change? Has it been just where, where, he's, where you've been played, or, or what, what's been the big difference? No, uh, I mean, uh, um, you can say I came, I came in the mid season last year and, uh, it was, of course, um, a situation where the team wasn't doing good at all. And, uh, you know, you bring in a striker, which you wanted to change the things for the team. But I tried my best and as a team, we did extra, uh, well, but we didn't go to the playoffs. But uh, this, uh, year, of course, as a player, you need to play with uh, the team. You need to play with the guys to understand the more and the chemistry, you know, and, uh, as a collective, uh, we, this year, the understanding has grown much, and uh, you know the chemistry has been there with uh, with really fun guys, and I think that's basically what has given me a boost. And uh, this season has just been great for us, uh, forward and for me as an individual, because uh, generally just the chemistry with the guys has uh, really really gone up, and uh, we understand each other's movements, and uh, that's just what happiness is like. Now, take us back to when you first uh, joined Portland. What was it about uh, the Timbers that kind of made you interested in coming over? How, how did the how did the deal come about? I know you had you had played in a few different countries. What what was it about Portland that, that interested you and what about MLS interested you in coming here? Yeah, first thing was uh they told me uh, there was a, the coach wanted me and uh of course uh, the general manager flew over there to see me so uh, it was a huge deal. Because um I've been to some clubs and I've seen what has happened but uh, and I saw the GM spoke directly to me, and uh, the coach said uh, he wants me here uh, to have the team. And, uh, of course, they told me how great the fans are and all that, but uh, for me, basically, it's a football style. 
they are, the chemistry he has as a coach and you know, trying to play young team, you know, trying to instill discipline and uh, technical wise to talk to the players. And uh, he's been in mentality, of course. Uh, I came basically because I wanted to play more and uh, do uh, score some goals for the team every weekend and. Uh, Fernando, when you came over to Major League Soccer, did you have any idea how the league was set up, or did you even have an idea of just how rabid the Portland Timbers fan base was? No, I had I had no idea of anything. I was surprised when I came and I played a game on the next day, and the next thing I think we were traveling there with big people for hours, and I was like, oh my God, where are we going? <laughs> I thought we were flying to another country, but yeah, they told me that's how big America is. So when I had to fly from Poland and to New York, it was a disaster for me because that was the same flight like going back to my country from Europe. So it was a huge deal for me. But um, I didn't understand the conferences either. Um, of course, as I stayed there, they explained everything to me. They told me more about how to work and uh, other things. So uh, uh, I, had, I had no idea of the MLS. But uh, yeah, I never knew it was going to be such a tough league when we hear about it in New York. We think uh, it's not there up to the standard, but um, when I came, I was uh, really amazed and surprised at how big the league is and uh, how great the players uh, are in the league and you know uh, the physicalness of the league and uh, the speed and everything. Is, 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 uh, the league is really at the top level. Yeah, what's uh, what's it been like living in Portland? Uh, I know for me personally, it's one of my favorite cities in the league. Uh, obviously, you you had lived in a few different uh, countries around the world, but uh, what's it been like? specifically living in Portland? No, it's been amazing. You know, um, it's been really cool. Uh, I love I love it here. I mean, I love the weather and everything. Um, uh, I love the people, the fans, you know, they're great. And uh, this is uh, one of the places in the world where you come and uh, your team is losing 2-0, but the fans, I just keep, they keep going. They keep uh, shouting for you, trying to motivate you. So uh, we have a great atmosphere here. Uh, the city is lovely. You know, uh, it's quite calm and uh, Quiet, but yeah, I like it that way. Uh, not so much distraction uh, in terms of sport life, you know, for us. So, for me, it's amazing to be here. Okay, great. Now, now you're—I'm sure some of those fans, quite a few of those fans, are going to make the trip to Columbus. Uh, now you're playing in the final against the Crew, a team that you just played recently, and you personally actually had a very good game against. You scored a couple goals. What what do you see happening on Sunday, and what kind, what kind of matchup do you expect? Yeah, uh, for the team, I know it's going to be a very tough game. You know, um, even the game we won there was a tough one for us. Uh, they are a very good team. They have very good individual players. Uh, they're a skillful team. So uh, it's going to be a tough game. And, you know, in the league, it was a double-edged game. It was a game where you, uh, either you win this one or you win the next one. So it was uh, nothing much really at stake as this game is going to be uh, come Sunday. But uh, for me personally, I expect a very tough game. I expect them to come out very aggressive, very intelligent, wise, and everything. But, um, you know, as a team, man, as an individual, we have to, I would just go the focus of the team. We'll go the focus. We'll go there very humble and uh, try to play our game. But try to do as much, uh, do much more better than we did in the first time where uh, the, the game we won against them because uh, it's a cup game. And then uh, knowing that uh, whoever wins uh, picks the cup. So, uh, uh, the game will be played uh, very technically, but uh, we understand we just have to do the right things, do our thing, and uh, let's try to control the game as much as we can. Now, obviously, they're going to be the home team, and they're going to have their home crowd. But uh, do, do you think, do you think, just the fact that you guys have been so tough on the road, do you, do you see that playing a, a, a role in this, or, or do you think you guys are pretty, uh, pretty seasoned at this point, having gone through Vancouver and having gone through FC Dallas? 
No, I think it's going to be a tough one for them. Uh, we can say they are on advantage because we are coming to their home, and of course their fans are going to be there in thousands of numbers for them. But um, we will go there humble as always, and uh, we believe, of course, our fans are going to come over with us, but we will be very humble. And as I said, we'll just try to do our thing. The same way we've been playing on the road. Uh, I don't believe we should have extra pressure because of uh, the magnitude of the game, but uh, we will just go there focused and we'll we need to do and as, as, a, as a team, uh, try to win the game, uh, whatever we have to do to win. That's just what we have to apply to win. Now, when, when I did I did forget to ask earlier, uh, I know it's not really tied into the weekend, but uh, there's been quite a quite a bit of uh, transfer talk surrounding you. Uh, are you flattered by that? Are you surprised by that? I know there's been the teams in Mexico that have been linked with you. Uh, where, where do you think that comes from? And do you think that kind of says, says something about what, the growth of the league that that you can come in and have a strong year and all of a sudden the, there's a long list of teams interested. No, uh, I think football is a very uh, worldwide game. The game that travels very fast and uh, the media, of course, you guys help us in uh, uh, extending the news to the entire world. So, um, of course, as a team, as an individual, uh, when the team is doing good and as a player, you're doing good, uh, you tend to have offers. Um, I wouldn't say I'm very surprised, but um, of course, it's a good thing to by other countries and other teams as well. But uh, right now, I'm, I'm not faking uh, as for the team. And of course, uh, uh, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but at the moment, I'm very happy being here and uh, I'm just focused on the next game come Sunday. Well, Fernando, thank you so much for jumping on the show with us today and good luck uh, in the MLS Cup final on Sunday, all right? Thank you very much, sir. Good stuff with Fernando Ivis. You know what that means. He's on the show, so he's at least, you know, book him down for a goal. Uh, yeah, that's the thing, and that's kind of why we had both we had both teams. Yeah, to make it fair, each team to make it fair. So I tell you what, if uh, if both Adi and Trap score goals, I don't think we're gonna have any trouble getting guests for the rest of the, the, the life of the show. I think. Well, the Columbus Crew, Ivis, on Sunday, when you look at them as a team, um, they were able to defeat New York Red Bulls, but won the first leg two zero. And, and when you just look at the options that the Columbus Crew have. Um, with Kai Kamara, Ethan Finley, and I even want to throw Justin Miram out there. I mean, each one of those guys can go off at any time, score a goal. I mean, just, you know, if Ethan Finley has a quiet night, well, Justin Miram will just score a ridiculous goal. You know, going up against Portland, I mean, what, what, how can Portland stop Columbus and just their attack, which at times, Ivis, can just seem like it can come from any player on their team? Well, again, it's all about matchups, and right now the Portland defense is playing really well. And, uh, you know, I think if you look at, what Columbus does well and what Columbus like the problems that they normally present. Uh, it's kind of like what FC Dallas FC Dallas went into that Portland series and it just was not a good matchup for them. And I wouldn't, I think Columbus has a little bit of a better, a better shot than FC Dallas, just in matchup standpoint. But think about Columbus's strengths, right? You have Kamara up top. Now he's a handful for anybody. He's the best. He's the best. Uh, as many have said this week, he, he's the best, the best box forward in the league he's just just his presence in the in in the penalty area he's just such a freak athlete he's, he's a handful now having said that portland center backs are very good nat butchers liam ridgewell very very good tandem uh you know they they have they they can handle the physicality or can they handle the athleticism you know that that's the tricky part but again we're talking about some veterans that Borchers is i mean he's a wily veteran he knows how to handle himself he knows how to position himself he knows how to deal with 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 tough forwards, so I think that's a good matchup. Um, I don't know if Kamara's going to run wild, uh, and then you have Ethan Finley, who's caused so many problems for the teams that they've played uh, all year. But again, Viafania is in such good form 
that Finley could find find himself uh, having trouble. So right there, you have two of their two of their biggest weapons are going to have really tough matchups. And then you even go over to Justin Merrim, he has to deal with Alvis Powell. Alvis Powell can lock you down, man. He's a freak fullback. He has he's just he's so long, he's so fat, athletic and fast. So it, that that Portland defense is a tough matchup for anybody. And uh, and then you have Iguain, who's so good, mm-hmm. uh, so kind of smooth with the way he floats around. He finds the gaps. He 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 has the he has the vision to deliver the pass. Now, if he said that, Diego Chara is a pit bull, and he makes life difficult for any playmaker. So, uh, I mean, you just have to look at Portland, see, man. They match up really well with any attack. See, that, that's what I wondered: how the midfield battle is going to go down between these two teams? Because we we saw Columbus midfield just. I mean, they dominated New York Red Bulls with the matchups, and you wonder how these matches are going to go, especially with like a guy like Tony Chani Ivis, who's just dude, his game. He has stepped it up in the playoffs. That's what we want to see out of players. I mean, you want to step them up. I mean, he's been playing pretty well for Columbus the last couple of games. You add Will Trap in there. I mean, does does Columbus have the advantage and the matchup advantage against the Portland Timbers at midfield? I don't know if either team has an advantage, man. Both these teams have three very good central midfielders who are playing very well. So who do you go with? I mean, how do you, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, how do you give anyone the edge? I mean, you could argue that yes, Nagby probably has been in the best form of any midfielder in the last few months. That's fair. You could say that, but at the same time, you could say, Hey, look at the Tony Chani in the form that he's had now box to box. He's just, he's been a beast. So uh, it's a, it's really a coin flip. It's really a coin flip in the middle and it's going to come down to one or two plays here or there who can make one or two plays in transition. Uh, to take advantage in, uh, of, of any kind of gaps or mistakes, and, and that's what it's going to come down to. It's such a tight, tight matchup that it's going to really come down to one or two plays. You're exactly right. And, and look, and one of those guys who can make one of those two plays, Ivis, is Will Trapp, who, look, ever since he's come into the league, Ivis, he continues to improve. I mean, he's one of the main focal points for this Columbus crew offense. Right. I mean, he, he's a... Not not so much the attack. I mean, but but everything they do. I mean, he's really the engine that, that connects the defense to the to the attack. He, he kind of just keeps everything flowing. And uh, you know, I, I think if any, I I'm gonna wonder if Caleb Porter sees that sees him as someone that he wants to try to neutralize. And obviously, <laughs> Caleb Porter helped make Will Trap. Caleb Porter helped help really kind of launch Will Trap's career. Uh, Adam at Akron found his best position and helped him blossom in that role. Um, but I've, we've seen it in the past. Caleb Porter will go after his former guys. I mean, I remember him going after DeAndre Yedlin uh, when Yedlin was in Seattle. So I think he, I think he understands how important Trap is to that 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 uh, Columbus midfield. So maybe that's something that he kind of consciously looks at and says, you know what, we need to put pressure on Trap. We need to try to, uh, you know, make things tough for him uh, to to try to shake up that midfield and try to to, to keep them from having too easy a time and. It's the thing. The big question, I think, in this in this whole thing is how how are each of these teams going to play? Because you're talking about two teams that can play a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Two, teams, two teams. I mean, the Columbus Crew normally are a real possession oriented team. They like to knock it knock it around, build it from the back. Uh, Steve Clark passing it, using his feet to pass it from the back will trap, and and everyone gets to touch the ball. But then against the Red Bulls, they 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 scrap that. They bypassed the midfield. They went long ball to try to go over the pressure, uh, and, and you know, so they they have those tricks in their bag that they can they can change things up. Uh, so you wonder what are they going to do to deal with Portland? Are they going to go back to what their standard is, their standard approach? Um, I think they will, and I think they will because I think the Red Bulls presented a very unique uh, problem uh, with their press 
with their pressing. So, you know what? I think Columbus will see more of the usual Columbus in this mm-hmm. game. And then you ask, what is Portland going to do? How is Portland going to approach it? Is yeah. Caleb Porter really going to attack? Is he going to sit back to try to absorb some pressure? Uh, so this is a fascinating game, man. This is going to be a real chess match between two coaches mm-hmm. who love that side of the game and who really are students of the game. They, they, they are going to break this down. I guarantee you right now they are breaking this down, trying to figure out the best way to unlock the other team. That's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, you just look how Will Trap and I mean, even Tony Chani, I mean, what they did against the New York Red Bulls. I mean, the Red Bulls had Dax McCarty, who was playing pretty well. He was in good form at the time. He also shut down Sasha Kleschen. Columbus is midfield, man. And the other thing, too, with Will Trapp, Ivis, I mean, this is a guy, I, I don't want to, like, overhype it too much because, look, if, if you watch Major League Soccer, you know who Will Trapp is. But there will be some people who will tune into the game on Sunday that really don't follow the league. I mean, Will Trapp's a guy that, you know, a strong game on Sunday, Ivis, a very strong game. I mean, he could be top of mind for the next few months, especially leading up into that January camp. Oh, yeah. No, I think he's, he's someone who's really... And what's crazy is he missed the first half of the season, yeah. and I think that I think I don't think people at the time uh, realized just what that meant to Columbus, and and it was a big reason they struggled in the first half of the season. Uh, they had a really rough go in the first half of the season without him there, and and it's been really night and day. And now obviously he isn't the only change in the second half of the season. They added Harrison a full, they added Gaston Saro, so that, I mean they had other pieces to the puzzle. But Trap, believe it, Trap was a big reason that they were able to, to hit their stride late in the year. Well, speaking of the Columbus Crew midfielder, we have Will Trapp on the phone right now. Will, how you doing today? Good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course, man. It's a pleasure having you on. we got to start off, man. Congratulations on making the MLS Cup final. I mean, it must have been a pretty crazy last 48 hours for you. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty wild. Um, just a whirlwind of emotion and um yeah, the game last night was pretty crazy, so we're uh, we're happy to be moving forward um, and, and just surviving that last four or five minutes of the Red Bull game. But uh, yeah, we're excited. How was that flight home? Well, uh, obviously, uh, a lot of fans there. Happy, happy to see you guys make the final. Uh, and it sounds like you guys flew back right away last night. Uh, how was that ride back? And how much time did you spend thinking about the the, the actual final, or, or how much time did you did you spend celebrating the win? Yeah, it was a uh, a pretty subdued ride home. I would say it was late in the evening, so it was a little bit exhausted from over the emotional game. Um, but yeah, I mean, we enjoyed we enjoyed ourselves after. Um, like I said, pretty subdued, but uh, very excited, happy. Um, Greg Greg made a, a point for us to just kind of enjoy um, the. I guess survival in uh in moving forward last night. Um but today and into tomorrow we're focused on what's coming up in, in the final against Portland. Now the the series with the Red Bulls really turned into a, a good tactical battle and it wasn't quite the type of series that people expected in terms of, of how you guys normally play, how how they normally play and how how it how it ended up actually playing. What what did you think of the game plan going into the series? And it, it sounds like uh Coach Burhalter really had had an idea in mind for how to attack the Red Bulls, and it seemed like to be the perfect plan. Yeah, I thought our game plan was spot on. Um, from obviously the opening whistle, the first, uh, the first leg, um, and then into the the end of the game on uh, on last night. So um, it was a chess match in a lot of ways. I mean, we know that um, New York is the best team um, when it comes to defensive pressure, um, and if you play in their hands, they can punish you pretty easily. Um, so we made it our point to to not play into their hands as best we could and to stifle 
um, their midfield three and to defend as hard and um, as difficult and be as difficult to break down as we could. Uh, and I thought we did a good job of winning balls in good areas, bypassing the pressure, and, and creating some opportunities for ourselves that put them on their uh, heels a little bit. Well, New York had to use those those last few minutes in the game to really rally that effort back. I mean, it's only a few minutes, but I mean, you're on the field. Did it feel like an eternity out there? Yeah, that uh, that four minutes was uh, probably the longest four minutes I've ever experienced in, in extra time. Um, you're sitting there, and the first goal goes in, and um, you're trying to shrug, uh, shrug it off as best as possible. You're trying to close out the game, and that last play from from BWP was pretty uh, was pretty nervy. I'm not gonna lie, uh, the heart kind of drops, and you're uh, you're just hoping it doesn't go in. And thankfully for that post. Um, but I do think it was offside, if I remember looking at the video afterwards. But um, Weinzer didn't call it, so um, had it gone in, we're, we're going into extra time and possibly kind of after that. But we're thankful for uh, that post and, and Kai being there in the right position to, to clear it out. So um, it, it was hectic, man. It really was. Now, now you've you managed to win that series. You, you, you won a pair of really tough series, both against Montreal and the Red Bulls. And now you're in the final. You're at home against the Red uh, against uh, Portland Timbers, a team you know well, a coach you know well, and, and Caleb Porter, quite a few former Akron players on that t- on that roster. It's going to feel like a little bit of a reunion uh, in that final. Have you thought about what that's going to be like? What it's going to be like seeing a lot of familiar faces and, and also going up against a coach you know so well? Yeah, it'll be exciting. I'm I'm happy that. Um Caleb and um, the Akron guys on, on Portland have done so well um, since, I mean, Caleb took over in 2013. I think they, they've done extremely well. and um, It'll be fun. I mean, it'll be fun to step on the field for um, for the grand prize, you know, against a, a coach you know really well and some players that um, I know well. And uh, like I said, it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be high, in, high intensity, uh, a lot of aggression, a lot of emotion, but that's everything you want in the in the cup final. Now, now, Will, uh, we had a chance to talk uh, back in January uh, in Jan- in national team camp, and uh, you had a lot of great things to say about uh, Caleb and, and and what he kind of meant to your career. But if you could kind of take me back to that, uh, for people who aren't kind of familiar with the story, uh, tell us a little about what what uh, Caleb Porter kind of meant for your career and in, in, in getting helping you get to where you are now at such a great point in your career. Yeah, I mean the. Uh, experiences that I went through at Akron um, really shaped me into the, the player that I am now, and I and I owe Caleb, I mean, a lot of the credit for um, for everything um, for those those two years that I was there and the development um, on a, just a, a mentality as well as a soccer side. I mean, he was incredible at the collegiate level, and, and has done extremely well at the professional level now. Um, in terms of just de- developing players and, and formulating a system of play that he wanted. And, and executing it, and I think uh, I've been an extreme benefactor of that. Um, and like I said, I owe him a lot uh, in terms of getting me to where I am now, and um, a lot of the lessons and um, character building things that I've that I've gone through throughout my collegiate as well as professional career. Um, I, I trace back to um, to Caleb. In the game on Sunday going against Caleb, uh, you know, when you just look at the Portland Timbers right now, Will, just the way they're playing, everything just seems to be working out for them. Everything is clicking for them. You know, in the midfield, you're going to have, you know, deal with Darlington Nabby, Diego Valeri. Um, you know, how are you going to be stopping these guys? I mean, right now, it just seems like everything for Portland is working out. Yeah, they're, they got a lot of, um, 
A lot of weapons, for sure. And I think if you look at um, the hottest teams um, going into the, the end of this uh, regular season as well throughout the playoffs, they've been probably top one or, or top two. You know, um, Adi scoring goals, Valeri's playing well, Darlington's always a handful. Um, so these are guys that you have to be aware of, but at the same time, I think um, we ourselves have some danger guys. And you, you have to be um, cognizant and aware of um, their movements, but at the same time, we have to play our style. And, um, and I think if we look back to the, to the regular season matchup against them, um, pretty back and forth game. I think it was fairly even. They got the better of us at home. Um, but transition moments will be key um, because they got guys who can run in transition and are dangerous. But um, yeah, I think we we also can be extremely um, tough to deal with in terms of their back line. Um, with a guy like Kai, you can run behind Justin in the pockets and, and Federico kind of pulling it all together. So um, it's going to be fun, like I said earlier. So, Will, you're, I mean, you're talking about the guys that you have on your team, and you signed a homegrown player contract almost three years ago to this date. Um, I mean, so you've been part of the Columbus crew, and you know, you signed in 2013. You've been, you've now been able to see how this team has grown over the last couple of years. I mean, does it, does it kind of? I don't want to say mm-hmm. does it surprise you, but you know, do you kind of sit there and say, man, from when I signed to this team to where we are now, I mean, it has been a complete turnaround. From my first year till now, it's pretty amazing the uh, the growth and progression of um, the guys that have been with the squad the whole time while I've been here. Um, but I think you have a, a wonderful coach in, in Greg Berhalter who's come in with a plan, uh, a philosophy, and he's executed it and, and put it into play in a way where um, he brought in players that their best uh, their best way of playing is, is the philosophy that he's, uh, he's implemented here. So um, our, our greatest chances chances of success are, are playing the style that Greg wants, and um, that progression has been pretty incredible over the past two years with Greg, um, and then three years if I'm looking at my entire career here in Columbus. Uh, now, now, well, Greg, uh, I've known Greg a long, t- uh, Greg a long time, and uh, seeing him as a coach now, he's just really blossomed as a, as a coach. People who kind of see him on the outside see him as a kind of real serious, straight laced coach. Now, is is that how he is all the time, or is he kind of one of these coaches who puts that facade out? But when it comes to being with the players and whatnot, he's he's a little bit more relaxed and a little more laid back. He's a, he's a player's coach in a lot of ways, and I think he does a, a fantastic job of. Um, always keeping an even keel, never getting um, too emotional or too down, um, but keeping us as players always in the, in the right mindset. Um, and he's a cerebral guy. I mean, he's always thinking about the game tactically. He's, he's pretty special. Um, always always in the film room um, and, and grabbing guys to, to talk and collaborate. So I've, uh, I've benefited, benefited significantly from uh, his leadership and, um, he's a guy who is just growing more and more as a coach, I think, every day. Um, and his, his potential as a, as a manager is um, through the roof in a lot of ways. Now, obviously, Sunday was a was a high point for you guys uh, just to, to win that series and book your place in the final. Uh, the year for you overall has had its ups and downs. There's been kind of a roller coaster ride uh, to take you back to the early part of the season. Uh, for those who don't remember, you, you missed a big chunk the first half of the season uh with, with concussion uh symptoms uh take me back to that time how tough was that just being on the sidelines not being able to play not being able to do anything really what what, what was kind of the what was kind of the low point there that uh, the toughest part for you there i mean anytime you're out for an extended period of time any player knows that it's it's just painful to sit and watch training and watch games and not be able to um to be out there uh, so you try to keep a a happy face, put a smile on, and um, 
go about your go about your day, um, trying to improve on what you can control that day. Uh, but in saying that, it's not an easy task by any means because um, you just want you want to be better. You know, you, especially with the concussion with so many unknowns. Um, it's a closed off injury, and you really you really can't tell: am I getting better or am I am I staying the same? So I struggle with that, um, just assessing my day to day improvement and. Um, I'm thankful to um, our medical staff, our technical staff. The club was fantastic throughout um, the entire process, and uh, ultimately get me back onto the field. And um, like like I've said in prior interviews, it's just uh, it's really like coming coming home. And you know, when you get back on the field after a long injury, there's nothing you you want to do more than just play. Um, so I was fortunate to um, to come back and have no symptoms and, and be feeling good. And now. I know we're in MLS Cup, so it's it's a quite a quite a turnaround from not playing for 13 weeks into playing the the league final. When it comes to pro athletes and injuries, there's always kind of that 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 notion to rush back. It's kind of a natural feeling, like you 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 can rehab quickly, you can get you can get better faster, you're ready to go. Maybe before mm-hmm. uh, the staff thinks you're ready to go. Did you ever get to that point where you kind of like feel like you're ready, and they had to kind of slow you down, or? Or, or, or was it a case where you better to be cautious and you kind of let let the staff cause just kind of guide you on that? Yeah, it was an interesting one because uh, the concussion happened. I sat out for two weeks and did the whole protocol and was cleared by two doctors. So um, with that, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. Um, so I, I hop in the game in Vancouver for the first half and I'm running around and like a, like a space cadet. I didn't even know what was going on. Um, so after that point, I, I realized that rushing back is just not an option. It's not something I wanted to put myself through, put myself in, in jeopardy of injuring myself further. Um, so while the, while the staff was being very um, cautious, I, I was also. Uh, I mean, I think you just have to take care of yourself. Health is the most important thing because if you jeopardize anything, it at my age, you might not be playing uh, next year or, or have a career. Um, so um, it was it was a balancing act in a lot of ways. But like I said, our, our uh, medical staff was amazing throughout the entire process. Now, to take you back to a better point in the year, uh, early in the year, in the winter, obviously you were part of the January camp with the U.S. national team, which was, uh, I believe, your first experience with the senior team. Uh, what was that like? What was it like being in the, in camp with with obviously uh, top players in the pool and 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 having that chance to kind of measure yourself up? What was kind of what were kind of your 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 fondest memories about that experience? It was it was amazing. I mean, anytime you get to represent the United States national team um, at the senior team level, it's a, it's a, the highest honor in our country. Um, the experience ex- itself was was awesome. I mean, you, like you said, you're comparing yourself and. And setting that uh, that measuring stick of seeing where I'm at and where I can uh, improve to. Um, so I thought that was an invaluable experience um, to just kind of see. Okay, these are some areas I can improve on. Um, and unfortunately, it was like two weeks after that when I or two weeks into the season, the uh, the injury happened. So I didn't really get to improve on those things right away. Um, but still, having that experience with the with the national team is always a great um, platform in terms of moving forward in your career. Well, you've been, I mean, you talk about playing on the national team. You've already got cap there. I mean, you've been a guy who's been part of the U S youth soccer system for a significant number of years. Now, um, earlier this year, you were with the U 23s. Obviously you guys still have a chance to qualify, but just kind of going through the process of qualifying for the Olympics this summer. Uh, and what can you take from all that? And what have you learned from the experience of, of being on the U 23s and having to try to qualify for a major tournament? 
I think you look at it as um, it's it's never easy to qualify for a major tournament, um, whether it's at the full team level or the you know Olympic team level. And I I think we had a fantastic campaign through the group stages um, for qualifying, and then the semifinal we just didn't execute. Um, so the, the blame is on us and and not showing up in the one game where we really needed to to show out and play well and, and win the games. So um, not ideal by any means, but you take away a lot of um, I guess lessons in terms of how how to approach big games, um, how to respond when the chips are down, and uh, we're going to have to definitely use those going into this um, home and away with Columbia because it's not going to be easy by any means. But um, ultimately, I think we have the quality and the group resolve to uh, to get a win and, and uh, hopefully progress on the Rio. Uh, we're going to get away from soccer a little bit here. Uh, I know we've had you on for a while, but uh, one, one thing I did want to touch on, uh, I know you're a big uh, TV junkie. Uh, one of the things I yeah. remember early on in following you on Twitter is, uh, is how big a fan of Game of Thrones you are. Now, is that your favorite TV show or what? I mean, is it, I mean, are you at the point where you're kind of dressing up as Game of Thrones characters for <laughs> Halloween? Is, I mean, how, how, deep does it, how deep does it go? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm at that point yet, um, but I, I'm a very um, big follower of the show. I'm actually watching The Leftovers right now, if you guys are... Nice. Um, into that one, which is pretty trippy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, we have so much free time right now as, as professional players, and we got a lot of time to just kind of sit down and relax when you're on the road. So nothing better than to pick up a good uh, TV series. But Game of Thrones, man, it's, uh, it has everything you could want in a, in a television show. And um, I've always been a big fan of like the Lord of the Rings, kind of the fantasy stuff. So those stories are pretty cool. Lord of the Rings is always a, a fun one um, for my family. We enjoy those ones too. Well, the one question I have to ask is, who, who, what Game of Thrones character do you most identify with? Do I most identify with man? Uh, you know what's crazy about that show is there's like a new character that comes in every episode, um, and then they end up killing him off. But <laughs> um, I would say uh, I like I like Tyrion the, the most. I would say because he's pretty real. Um, I'm not a drunkard by any means, but uh, um, or a midget, I, uh, or a midget. I do enjoy his. His banter and uh, his his wittiness is it's pretty uh, uh, enjoyable. You're way too tall. You're way too tall to be Tyrion. I'll tell you that. You're, this is true. This you're is taller. True. It, it's funny. Idea. You're taller in person than you look on on the field. Why is I don't know why that is. For some reason. <laughs> well, thank you. You look taller in person, but yeah, no, but yeah, definitely <laughs> appreciate the time and uh, good luck. Good luck this uh, week at MLS Cup final. I'll be out in Columbus, and uh, I'm sure it, it's going to be crazy. Have you have you even thought about ticket requests? I know you're going to get slammed. How's that going to work out? I don't even want to think about it. I, I can already feel the headache coming on, man. Wait, wait. Has anyone asked you yet? Because uh, that's our chance. We could ask Will for tickets to the game. Let's just go as fans. <laughs> there you go. I've had, I've, had a few, uh, I've had a few requests already. Oh, so, uh, it's so early in the week, so who knows what's going to happen. Who knows what's going to happen. I think we'll be pretty low on that list. I think you got family, <laughs> teammates, former teammates, former coaches, and then and then we're underneath that. You'll be on there, though. We'll see. We'll see nice. what happens. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Well, appreciate it, man. Take care. You know, Ivis, if we had more time, I feel like you definitely could have talked uh, Game of Thrones with uh, with Will for like a, probably another 30 minutes. Yeah, we could have a whole other show. <laughs> we could have a whole other show just talking. We, we should start doing a regular segment. Once Game, once Game of Thrones is back, we'll have Will Trap on, and he'll just we'll kind of do like a Game of Thrones uh, <laughs> like segment with him. Is that show not on all the time? I feel like there's so many characters they need to show like every single day. 
<laughs> no, it's not on yet. It'll be back soon enough, and we'll all get to find out if Jon Snow is in fact alive or dead. And if that, if you think that's a spoiler, then 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 you've clearly waited too long to watch the last season. It's been long enough. Why you gotta ruin? I see. I haven't seen the show. Why gotta ruin it for me? Well, I'm probably never I gonna watch the show. To be out, yeah. Let's wait. You're never gonna watch it. No, my, I'm actually watching Lost again with my fiance. That, that's, oh. But be, that, besides the that, that, that's uh, the irony there is kind of funny. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> idiot. Uh, I have his prediction time for the game. We've talked about it enough. I don't want to see your thunder because if I do and I say the correct score, no, you pick, no, go ahead. Man. You want you me pick. to go? I will go first. I'm going yeah. to say Columbus Crew is going to win. Their midfield, Tony Chani, will trap, will dominate Portland. They will find a way to shut down Darlington Nagby, Kai Kamara with a goal, and I'll say Justin Miram with the game winner. Hmm, that's not bad. That's not a bad shot at all. I don't know about dominate. I can't see that. I don't see I don't see the Portland Timbers being dominated. I think they're too much they're a veteran team. They're they're not gonna be shaken by the crowd and all that. They're they're gonna be ready ready for battle and, and I, I this is thinking back to all the finals that I've covered, yes. I can't remember a tougher game to pick for me. Because I just think it's such a toss up because oh, I mean we all know who you're gonna pick. Come on, Ivan. You can't disappoint your family. <laughs> You know, in that city, that I won't say it until you say it. Hey, oh, oh, look, either team could win. And the Columbus crew definitely going to be at home, and, and they're playing extremely well. But Portland, the way they're playing on the road, the, the poise that they've shown on the road, winning in some really tough places. I mean, you're talking about a who's who of places that they've won. They, won in, they, they beat L.A. in L.A. Who does that? They beat, you know, they beat uh, FC. Well, they got a they got a draw in FC Dallas. You don't normally do that. They beat Columbus and Columbus. They beat RSL and RSL. I know RSL had a bad year, but they're still tough at home. The the Timbers are they're just road warriors right now. They're just playing with a confidence that it's the that crowd, the 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 nineteen thousand mostly gold and uh, you know gold black and gold uh, crew fans. It's not going to phase them. I don't think it is. And and I think Darnton Nagby. This is this this is like the coming of age for this kid, man. He he is gonna and let's not forget. And this we didn't even discuss this yet. Hmm. to Nagby, this is his home. He is from here. He's from Ohio. He's a hometown kid. He you don't think he's gonna bring his A game and 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 show off in front of his home crowd? I think it's gonna be a great final. It's gonna be a tight game. I don't think anyone. It's not gonna it's not gonna be a, a blowout one way or the other. I think there's gonna be. Punches and counter punches. There's going to be goal. There's going to be you know one team takes the lead, the other team t- ties it. It's going to be back and forth. Uh, it's going to. I think it's going to be one of the better finals we'll ever see. But I think the Portland Timbers are going to pull it out, and I think Darlington Nagby is really going to break out and have and have this be kind of a signature game where he finally shows the quality and the, the ability that everyone has expected from him for so long. I'm going to go Portland Timbers three to two. Darlington Nagby with a double, and the the chainsaw will be out in the parking lot, and they'll be cutting slabs. That sounds like a horrible they'll be, idea. They'll be doing the Tetris stand. The, the the 2000 Timbers fans will be doing the Tetris, uh, and and, and they're gonna win. And uh, sorry, Columbus fans, but uh, I just I just think Timbers. I think it's their, their team. You know what it comes down to? Their team of destiny, folks. Do we not forget Saad Abdul Salam's penalty kick off of both posts? How close? I mean, listen. The Timbers are a team of destiny. We can't deny it anymore. Oh my gosh, where you, where have you been drinking that Kool Aid, Ivis? How do you how do you not see that penalty shootout and not think that they're they're a team of destiny? Man, 
Man, Come on, oh man! I cannot wait for Columbus to win. Can I? Wait? You know what? I, I I don't look. I don't care either way. It's gonna like I I hey I have friends on both sides. I like both teams, and that's the thing for me. I like these teams. These are two teams that are easy to like because they play well. They play the right way. They 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 have good balance. They have likable guys. I mean, and who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to see the crew win? I mean, Michael Parkers. I mean, come on, the guy lost three MLS cups with New England. I, I think I think most people would love to see him win one, right? Because he's I mean, he's a great guy. Why you got to jinx it? Class why why, why, just, you, no, why you got to go there? But what I'm saying is, <laughs> he's a class pro. So you know what? If the crew win, I'm, it's not like I'm gonna be uh, I'm not gonna be like uh, upset about. It. I'll I'll be happy for the guys on on the crew. Think about Kai Kamara. I wrote a feature on Kai Kamara for Gold.com and pointed out the fact that he's actually taken part in two MLS Cup winning celebrations uh, of teams that he wasn't on anymore. But that he had been on. Uh, I still remember being in the Sporting Kansas City locker room when Aurelian Collin uh, pulled out his iPad and Skyped Kai Kamara and Skyped him into the celebration. So you had Kai Kamara's face on his on Aurelian Collin's iPad in the KC locker room, like celebrating champagne going everywhere. And, and Kamara loved it. You know, he really appreciated that his former teammates uh, thought of him and brought him back in and then kind of had him be a part of the celebration. Mm-hmm. And as, as great as that was, it was still had to be a little bittersweet because Kamara did, was not a part of the team at that point. So, and then you go back to 2008 when he was on the crew and then he got traded from the crew right before the season. They go on and win the title. He was at the game at the final in 08 when they beat the Red Bulls. So, I mean, so for Kamara, for, for Parkhurst, I mean, these are guys who've come so close I think it'd be great if they won. It, I think it absolutely would be great if they won. Uh, but I, I'm sorry, man. I'm picking Portland. I just think they're a team of destiny. And you know what? Maybe me picking them is going to ensure that, that, yeah. that Columbus wins it. You know what I mean? Well, I, look, I think the one thing we can agree on is this is going to be an awesome game on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it. I agree. I think it will be very good. And it's funny because, you know, I look, let's face it. We all know there's MLS haters out there. There, there. There's people who will find any any reason to kind of crap on the uh, on the league. And as soon as this final start was kind of set, I know the the, the instant complaints were, oh, these two teams that, are, you know, there's no stars. Uh, it's like no one's no casual fans are going to watch this game. I'll tell you what, what people need to understand is MLS, the, it's its footprint in in the world is growing its exposure around the world is growing country more and more countries show mls games more and more countries are going to show the mls cup final live Mm -hmm. and soccer fans true around the world you're going to have soccer fans who are real soccer fans who are going to know that this final is taking place and they're not going to care that it's not uh deep you know drogba and this this ta gerard or pierre they're gonna they're gonna know it's a final they're gonna know it's the final and they're gonna want to watch they're gonna say you know what i want to see the final i want to see the two best teams in this league play and see how it looks and guess what as far as mls goes you could not ask for you can't you can't ask for many better finals than the final they're going to get because I can guarantee you whether it's somebody watching in Brazil someone somebody watching in England wherever they may be watching they they I got a I have zero doubt that they're going to come away impressed by the game they're going to see you're exactly you see the headline the other day that Major League Soccer is going to start showing games in Africa now I mean they literally are it, in almost I'm every continent you, now it, it's it's growing man it's growing and it, and you know what look the DPs help Obviously, having Drogba in the league helps because, yes, it, 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 it gets you in the door in more and more markets. But once you're in the door, you have to you have to have a product that 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 impresses and, and, and catches the interest of these new fan, potential fans. And look, MLS has a way to go. 
has a ways to go in terms of the level, the quality, closing the gap on the top leagues in the world. There's no denying that. Nobody can deny that. I don't care what any of you say. I know this. I know there's a lot of MLS diehards uh, and even some pundits who will say, oh, MLS is just as good as this league, that league. And like, no, it's not. No, zero, not. And I and look, I've been covering the league for a long time. I, I, I'm a big proponent of the league. But I, you got to keep it real, folks. It has a way to go to get – Close the gap on the top leagues in the world. Having said that, it's great to have more and more teams that are well balanced, that play good soccer, that 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 have that have attractive styles. And this final has two teams that are fun to watch, and this is going to be a great final. And people around the world are going to see it, and that's only going to help the league. You're exactly right. Well, there's one more thing we have to discuss before we close out the show. Don Garber spoke candidly on Thursday about a lot of different things. In the league, he talked about you know some nice things about how the league has come a long way. We don't care about that. We want the real facts. <laughs> what did Don Garber talk about? I know he talked about Miami. What is going on with that? What are the key things he discussed? Well, I mean, he basically let it be known, and it's not a surprise to anybody that you know what. At the end of the day, they're still holding out for Miami, and Sacramento is as great as their bid is. They're they're still going to wait for Miami. Like they want Miami. Right. And if Miami happens, Sacramento is going to have to wait a bit longer. Now, if Miami falls apart and maybe there's a possibility that it does fall apart, then that could open the door for Sacramento. And I think that's great. And honestly, I don't think it should even come to that. I think you should just give it to Sacramento now. I I thought Garber made an interesting comment when he kind of made made the whole point that, uh, you know, when you look at the kind of the coverage map of of MLS in the the country, they want to there's certain parts of the country that they want to kind of have a a better a better presence in and, and and I know some people are like oh but they already have they have Orlando now it's like yes fine they have Orlando but they want to have multiple teams in the southeast and if you can have Atlanta Orlando and Miami that gives you a real presence in the southeast so I can understand that um and at the end of the day they never really and Garber said it they never really had Sacramento in their plans and going back 20 years 10 years even uh Sacramento was never realistically thought of as 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 part of their kind of bigger picture Sacramento's just kind of come out of nowhere and and brought this uh, like impressive bid and and now the and MLS is kind of they don't know what to do about it so uh for me they should just go ahead and give it to Sacramento yeah. because you know what this Miami project is just like grinding along, grinding along. It doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. And the and the tough and the and the tougher it, the process is, the, the the more skeptical it makes anybody that if this could even work. It's it, you know what? Even if they get the stadium, are they really going to have a successful team there? And that that's the big question. And you look at Sacramento, you look at the support that they have, the team has there already in the USL. Uh, you feel like that if they get a team, it's going to be supported. It's going to be successful. Like there's less risk there. Whereas in Miami, even if they get the stadium, it could still be a flop. Just because they have Beckham does not mean they're going to pack a stadium in Miami. It's not easy. It's not easy to pack stadiums in Miami for soccer anyway. No. I mean, for, for sports in general. Even when they have winning teams, they don't pack their arenas. So uh, for me, they should just go ahead and give it to Sacramento. But it's clear, and Garber made it clear again, that he's still holding out for Miami. Yeah, it's, look, it's just uh, it's unfortunate. It looks like it's not going to happen. Tell me if you've heard this one before. FIFA officials arrested in a hotel. New York Times reporter is there, and they all go to jail because it's happened now for the second time. I have the same situation again. Swiss authorities have arrested FIFA officials in the same hotel. Also had a New York Times reporter there again. 
I mean, what are these FIFA executives doing? I mean, the same hotel to be arrested in as the other guys earlier this year? I mean, this is like movie stuff, Ivis. Yeah, I mean, I think you would fit. What's funny to me is, like, I think at this point, if you're a FIFA official, you might want to follow all the New York Times sports writers on Twitter. <laughs> and if they're in Switzerland, don't go to Switzerland. <laughs> if they're in Switzerland, go stay away and definitely don't go to the Bauer de Lac Hotel because clearly you're going to get arrested. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, look, let's face it. we it, it, It's not <laughs> a coincidence that the New York Times writers were there. They obviously got tipped off. Something's going to happen just like they were tipped off in May. I mean, it happens. This is what it is. You got, you know, people have sources and they get tipped off the stuff that's going to go down. And then there's a reason that these journalists just happen to be around. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's more of the same. There's really nothing new here. Uh, it's it, it's the same feder- confederations, CONCACAF and Commonwealth, uh, that they clearly both have, have systemic corruption embedded in the entire makeup of these organizations, and it's going to take some time to root it out. It's going to take some time to get all the bad apples out uh, and and clean things up like thoroughly. And you know, I, I know, and then I know there's skeptics that are going to ask, "Oh, wait a minute, uh, how how is the U.S. not involved in this? And like every Concacaf country is involved in it? Like, no, 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 not every Concacaf country is involved. You don't hear Mexico involved. You don't hear Canada involved. You don't hear the U.S. involved as of now. We don't know. And I'm not sitting here saying there's no way they're going to get uh, there's going to be any connections. I know you know you could say Chuck Blazer, although Chuck Blazer was like his own country. He wasn't like really. Uh, U.S. soccer. He was his own guy. Like he was tied in. He had his own ties to, to FIFA and to Concacaf. So he was kind of his own independent entity. So I know if when anyone that tries to kind of tie him to U.S. soccer, it's like yes, he had his connections with the people at U.S. soccer, but he was never re- he wasn't really U.S. soccer. So I know some people are going to ask that question: like, is Sunil Galati being implicated? Is he being investigated? Is he cooperating? I mean, there's there's so much speculation. Obviously, Loretta Lynch wasn't wasn't divulging anything on that front, and neither is Galati, who was asked actually uh, last month about that, and he was like, "Look, you know, I can't, you know, even if I even if I had discuss, uh, talked to the to federal prosecutors, I wouldn't be able to discuss it anyway." So, uh, you know, we're, we'll never know. We're never know. Uh, you know, he, we're dude, have- Galati's just preparing for a U.S. takeover of FIFA. Nah, I don't know if we're going to see that, but uh, I, I think it's uh, you know what if you you know what yeah, as as it stands right now he he's one of the few clean guys left in Concacaf and FIFA, so uh, I think it's good for U.S. Soccer that that he's still around and that he's going to be around for the rebuilding and the the the, the reconstruction of FIFA. So I, I don't think that's a bad thing. This will have no effect on the uh, on the Copa America next year, will it? Uh, I mean, that's what reports are saying. I mean, New York Times has, has suggested that, no, it won't have any effect. And uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. But uh, basically, uh, if anything is, is clear at this point is that hopefully from this point forward, no one's going to be dumb enough to try to take any bribes or get any kickbacks or, or, or do anything shady around the Copa America. Because clearly people are watching. The government is watching. Federal prosecutors are watching. Don't do anything shady. That's the that's the <laughs> yeah, message. Well, I think you think they know not to do that, but uh, I think the I'm second not, I'm not time, hold my breath for them. I think the second round of arrest might do the trick. Yeah, it does, what, as you know, Ivis. Money talks, man. Money talks. Uh, prison, prison talks uh, more. I think. Yeah, I it's also true. Uh, uh, well, Ivis, with that, it ends today's show. Before I let you go out, anything else we need to discuss? 
All right, it's too late. I think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna miss the last call, so I, I'm just gonna have to go drive and, and pick up the uh, the part the, the the folks who who got to party early who apparently didn't have any work to do. Slackers. Um, but uh, one thing I would remind people: the NCAA tournament is still going on. I know it's easy to kind of forget that, but uh, the NCAA tournament is down to the final eight, the Elite Eight, uh, and they'll be playing uh, in some pretty good matchups uh, upcoming uh, this weekend. And we want to start with Wake Forest against Stanford. Wake Forest, the number one team in the tournament. Stanford with Jordan Morris, the number one player in the country. That is going to be one you don't want to miss. And also you have Boston College, who's kind of one of the, the – they've been kind of the shock team in the tournament. Uh, they're playing Syracuse, led by Julian Boucher. Both those games are on Saturday. I, I believe they're going to be streamed on ESPN. And then the other two set of sets of quarterfinals, Creighton against Akron, which is actually only going to be two hours from where I am. But I don't think I'll be making it up there, unfortunately. I, you know, we, we lobbied the la- in the last show to have them move that game to Columbus. No one listened to us, unfortunately. So we're going to have to settle for watching it on a stream. That is going to be a heck of a match. There's going to be some good prospects there. Uh, you're going to have uh, Fabian Herbers. You have Richie Larea, uh, two, two generation Adidas prospects in that match. And last but not least, Clemson against Maryland. Former ACC rivals. Maryland's obviously not in the ACC anymore. But former ACC rivals. Clemson has been on a roll. Uh, and they're going to see if they can take Maryland out. All all those games are on. Uh, actually, Maryland-Clemson is, is, uh, tonight, is Friday night. So that that one definitely watch, and the other three are on Saturday. So, you know, try to fit those in because I think those are going to be some good matches. Yeah, so no excuse not to watch the next crop of guys who will be lining up Major League Soccer. Every game should be streamed this weekend. Plus being on ESPN, no excuse not to watch the College Cup. With that, Ibis. Well, well, yeah, and just remember, yes. it was uh, only a few years back when you had Will Trapp on uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Akron and uh, Ethan Finley on Creighton. You had Tony Chani winning an NCAA title with Virginia. Uh, you know, these these guys come through the pipeline and, and here they are. And you see them now on the biggest stage here in MLS. So uh, it's a little peek into the future there. So if you get a chance, you're going to watch some, some, you got to watch some of those matches. Ivis, you enjoy yourself this weekend. Don't do anything too crazy in Columbus, all right? It's Columbus, man. How, how crazy can it get? <laughs> oh, oh, why you got to be throwing shade at Columbus, Ivis? Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to do in Columbus. It's a, it's a great city. I love Columbus, man. I've said it like not, in my in my career as a writer. Like I've come to Columbus so many times. Uh, it's definitely a like it, it. You know, the the younger you are, the more fun you can have. No question, it's a college town. Um, but I know people always complain. Oh, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do during the day. That's totally true. But at night, it's a pretty good nightlife. All right, Davis. You can go enjoy yourself. All right, buddy. Sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. If you need any updates from the game, Ivis, you'll be doing a a live chat during the game, correct? Yes, SBI will have our usual live chat. And then obviously we have coverage uh, leading up to the game on Goal.com and on uh, SBI. Make sure you check that out. Uh, I actually have a feature on Tony Chani dropping Friday morning. You're going to want to check that out. Uh, he talks a little about national team possibilities and a little teaser there. Uh, also be having a feature on uh, Jorge Villafania is going to be in the pipeline a very good player uh he's got a heck of a story so you know keep keep an eye out for those and obviously our sbi guys have been cranking out some stories as well uh we've had stories on Waylon francis michael parkers liam ridgewell nat borchers it looks like liam ridgewell is starting on sunday as it stands if he stays healthy so uh you can find all that on sbi and gold.com all right Ivis, you enjoy yourself have a good time in columbus all right man 
Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to, to the show. Thank you for the views and the comments. Enjoy the game on Sunday. That is Ivis Kolarsev. I am Karen Cleverly. This is the SBS Show.